0: Dave Sims here at The Yoga Voice, recording at City Yoga School of Yoga and Health in Indianapolis. Today, we're going to speak with a yoga therapist, yoga teacher, somatic experiencing practitioner, founder of Yoga of 12-Step Recovery, known as Y12SR, and she founded the very studio we're at in 2002, City Yoga. I'm proud to welcome Nikki Myers to The Yoga Voice. Great to have you here today. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be back here at City Yoga.
0: Yes. Well, I always like to start off with tell us what inspires you today.
1: Wow. Um, I am inspired by healing. I am without question inspired by that. And um I'm getting to see so much. Even in the chaos and the confusion and uh, the kind of insanity that's going on in the United States, uh, I know and trust that underneath that, that all of this is coming up for healing. And so I see some people mobilized around healing in a way that I haven't seen in a long time, and that inspires me.
0: Awesome! Yes, healing. It- much needed now and, and very, it sounds like you're right on target with this bubbling up to the surface for, yeah. and well, tell us a little bit about your story. So what you were like, what happened with your yoga journey and where you're at today.
1: All right. Um, I always love to do this uh, with a, a, a little bit of introduction right? Um, and I usually say, I don't care if I was speaking. I do a lot of speaking. So I don't care if I'm speaking at uh, in a church basement or at Harvard Medical School. I always introduce myself the same way. And it's, I'm Nikki. I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a codependent. I'm the survivor of both childhood and adult sexual trauma. I'm a love addict. I'm a recovering debtor spender. And and the big three-letter word, and I love to capitalize it, A-N-D, and. And I am uh, a yoga therapist. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner. I'm the founder of City Yoga. Yay! Yay. And um, the founder of an organization called Y12SR, which is the Yoga of 12-Step Recovery And I am the mother of two living and one deceased child. I'm the grandmother of five. And I'm actually the great-grandmother of three beautiful great-grandchildren. And I love saying all that in the same sentence. What I've discovered as a part of this journey is that if I um, praise and exalt one side— and then i ignore deny or pretend that the other side is not there that w- make that bad awful and wrong what i do is create a split inside of me and that split is the antithesis of yoga right there's a, this internal war going on this fight going on which again that split is the antithesis of yoga yoga's integration its wholeness It's union. So a lot of the journey has been in how to integrate all parts of myself, all parts of myself. And there's this phrase that I know and have learned from um, uh, both my healing process in the 12-step program and in, in yoga is that while all of those things inform my walk in the world, None of them define me. None of them define me. I'm so much more than all of those things. So, it's been this process through yoga and the 12 step program for healing for me.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what what defines you today?
1: Um, you know what? I think I'm undefined today oh. or or, you know, continuing to add on to or subtract, you know, <laughs> really, I think it's more subtraction. I've been doing a lot of study in Advaita Vedanta yeah, right. and uh, uh, a lot of study in non-dualism. And part of the stu- of that study are the words neti neti, not this, not this, not this. So rather than the addition of, of anything, This feels more like a job of subtraction Uh and is getting back to the wholeness that, you know, we come into this plane of existence with anyway. It's so funny when I think about that. I was I saw my great granddaughter um, two hours after she was born. Of course, we're from Indiana. So her name is Peyton. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Go Colts. Yeah. (laughs) So. I was—look, I've got this picture of me holding Peyton when she was two hours old, and I'm looking in this beautiful baby's eyes, and all I can think of is this is wholeness. This is wholeness. This was a little piece of wholeness extracted from wholeness, Mm -hmm. right? And then watching her grow up, just becoming socialized and being a part of—you know, and you get told, you know, in her case, girls do this, boys do that— and, you know, you are this, you're not that, and all those kinds of things. So we put all this garbage on top, right? And uh, it continually happens and happens and happens. And now, for me, it, the job is stripping away all that craziness and bullshit that I put on top, Yeah. right, to get back to the original wholeness that I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's removing separation exactly. right and that's right it's, and i i believe that we do come into this world whole and that those layers of separation start young yes and then our various paths and trauma and zip code we're born into i mean all these things right. just that's right create varying degrees of that that's right so that's um yeah that's very powerful um So you've done your training, started really yoga therapy with Gary. Yeah. And how has that evolved in the work that you've been able to do in the world?
1: It's been amazing. It really has been amazing. That uh, work with Gary. So that's from the Vinny Yoga Institute with Gary Craftsall. And that has been some of the most uh, important valuable and useful work that i feel like i've ever done and um uh gary is not a a a 12 stepper or cuz you know i came into this through the whole um uh, uh the whole role of addiction right. right so um uh when i got to yoga and yoga therapy Uh, and I'm studying this stuff, I'm coming at it through the lens of my experience. And so, you know, I'm working with Gary, and he's not really uh, had anything to do with 12 Steps or addiction or anything like that. But it was so easy for me, given the way um, the teachings were transmitted, for me to do what I call connect the dots between all of this stuff and and addiction healing so between that yoga therapy work with Gary and the somatic experiencing work with Peter Levine um, uh, what we do is put yoga philosophy and practices the 12-step program trauma healing Right. And neurobiology, all the things we're learning about, uh, uh, particularly addiction in the brain. Mm-hmm. And we put those together in coursework in order to support other people in going out in the world and, and doing work um, in this crisis that we're facing now in the world of addiction. Yes.
0: Yes, that indeed is a crisis and you mentioned neurobiology. What, what studies are interesting to you right now? Oh, my God. Field?
1: All the things that we found out as far as how addiction has affected the brain. Um, there's so, so much work that, that I really love. I'm kind of what well, uh, not the best phrasing for this but I'm a kind of a junkie for that stuff right <laughs> I thought so yes <laughs> I really am So um um uh, there's just any study that I can possibly find to to research on on that uh uh I'm into it I'm all the way into mm-hmm. it
0: Well it seems I read something recently about how our <clears throat> tux it, and this ties into samskaras and uh, habits of the mind and all these things that yoga helps us undo or repattern and meditation and mindful breath and all that they talked about the uh, a deeper level of neuroplasticity where our we've known for a while now that our brains can grow and change and we can learn new things and new habits and this study talked about being able to undo really foundational patterns that developed in really developmental years, maybe seven to ten, like starting school, going through adolescence, and these important developmental times of life. Um, can you speak to that at all?
1: Um, I love a lot of the work. I'm, goodness, I can't. I just lost her name. Kelly McGonigal.
0: Okay. uh... Right.
1: I love uh, a lot of the work that that and and I've met her and actually uh, spoken with her on uh, several occasions, actually. And but I love the work that she's been doing relative to um, uh, meditation in particular and um, how it affects different levels even at at stress and things like that, and so some of the deeper work that's involved with that, I really love her work and and uh, appreciate what she's doing. Um, uh, I we approach this thing from the one of the teachings that we get really deep into, of course, in in the um, addiction recovery work is this whole thing around samskaras, mm-hmm. right? And those are habits and patterns and conditioning and things like that. And talking about really how uh, samskaras in and of themselves aren't good or bad or right or wrong, that they live beyond the the paradigm of binary, Right, good, bad, right, wrong, any of that kind yeah. of stuff. They live that—that that is something that's beyond binary. And actually, really, the cause and the cure are are the same thing. I'm going to look to find habits and patterns that support what I say is most important to me, so that I can no longer be involved with the habits and patterns that no longer serve what I said was most important to me and not to judge them good or bad or right or wrong. Cause at one point in time, they did serve, right? It, it mm-hmm. served a particular purpose. Yeah, survival, is, right, right, right. But it no longer serves what I say is most important to me. And when you think about it, this is exactly what we're talking about relative to neural pathways. I want to create new neural pathways through habits and patterns that serve what's most important to me so that I'm no longer falling in down the habits and patterns, which no longer serve what I say is most important to me. And I'm sure that after some time, maybe the habits and patterns that old sleuth goes away. Maybe it does. I will often say, you know, um, uh, I don't want to be too overly concerned about that. I just want to keep going down the pathway that serves what I say is most important to me. Um, Usually I tell, I'll say in the training, you know, maybe particularly for someone who is enlightened, whatever the hell that is. I don't (laughs) even know what the hell that is. Right. But maybe for someone who's enlightened, they no longer have to be vigilant or concerned with, with their old habits and patterns. But I know, I know the yoga sutras talk about two kinds of yogis. I think this is yoga sutra 119. And it talks about the extraordinary yogi, right? Mm -hmm. And the extraordinary yogi I always think of as someone like, you know, Buddha or Jesus or, you know, that type. And, you know, maybe if you're that type of yogi, you don't have to, to worry about those things anymore. I'm real clear today that I'm not. I'm not that extraordinary yogi. I'm the other one that's described there, the ordinary yogi, which means I got to keep doing the practices and I got to keep doing the work. And I got to keep ideas of mindfulness, right, to keep me on track in this way versus ever going back down that way again, because I never want to do that one again. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) Well, that's
0: very well put. And I believe that it's in you know staying on that path takes effort, consistent effort, persistent effort, and that openness to say, oh, you know what, I want to be free of that. That's right. And it doesn't serve me. And maybe it did at one time. This this point in this direction, and and I do believe that we create those new neural pathways through through repetition and practice, and they get stronger. and And I. Of course, I'm not a you know, neuropsychologist or any of that, but those old pathways, the less we use them, the, the less pull they have on That's us. That's right. So it's almost like, I like the analogy of if you're walking through a trail in the forest, you go down this path over and over again, it becomes worn That's and right. very well-defined. If you abandon this old path, it will eventually get grown over and over and over time. It's Traces of it are still there. That's right. But, and we can choose to revisit and it could be, you know, painful because it's, you know, yep. and old and it won't be the same. Um, so I'm, I'm all for that moving in forward in that. That way. That right. way. Exactly. What
1: serve? That's my big question to myself. Anytime there's, I've got uh, a doubt or a question or a concern and this I learned from my teacher, from, from Gary. My question is, does this serve what I say is most important to me? And so that means keeping clear what's most important to me. And so, and that's how I make my decisions. Is this going to serve? Is this going to move me down that pathway and serve what I say is most important to me? And that has been uh, a key teaching for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's why that's why we have you here. I love it. And I you know, have to thank you for your teaching. I love the the philosophy and your own depth into all this all this work. And you know, you and Marcia were really my first two teachers as I stumbled into teacher training almost ten years ago here. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh and it really introduced me to the broader aspects of yoga. And, of course, I was always an avid, really just reading everything I could about yoga. And I needed that experience of the training to start embodying, you know, not so many words now, just let's have a felt sensation, have uh, what does this stuff really mean. And I love how the commentaries on the Yoga Sutras that you alluded to and talked about, there's just those little threads of few words Packed with meaning mm-hmm. that's potentially maybe grown over the centuries, but, but our understanding of it is still um, not 100 percent clear because I think it does evolve as we evolve. Mm-hmm. what
1: it's alive
0: it's alive. right
1: it's organic and alive. Yeah. there's no doubt about that yeah. right. And I love making it practical. Um, I think that's one been one of my big focuses. Is it can get real theoretical, and it can get you know a little airy fairy, and all of those kinds of things. My big deal in in the twelve step program, particularly, we say it's through app through understanding and applica and that's another and. It's through understanding and application that it works. And that I love to apply to everything in my life. Right. I love the idea of understanding, but uh, I don't want to be a person who talks a talk without walking a walk. And so for me, that's part of the application. So under it's my understanding and application that this thing works, and and um, I love the practical, practical application of the Yoga Sutras, of the Upanishads, all of those things in life, in this moment, in this very precious present moment. Yeah.
0: Oh yes, I'm a big fan of the present moment. And of course, I have a, a teacher that says that you know it's too much talk of present moment that's all there is anyway you know but it's important for i think our western culture to remember mm-hmm. we spend so much time living in the past or in the future that the what really matters is like right here and now and it's been said so many beautiful ways over time but that the essence of the breath that we talk about in yoga becomes this foundation of
1: Getting us here now, it really,
0: doesn't absolutely,
1: it? Absolutely, and you know, I will talk all the time. It's for me. It's not just breath, right? Because you're you're breathing all the time. You know, sometimes very unconsciously. It's realigning the mind and the breath. When I realign those two things, I have to be. When I realign the mind with the breath, I have to be in present time. Because you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe in yeah, the future, yeah. right? You, the only possibility when those things are aligned is to be in the present moment because that's the only place, really, that you can breathe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's, um, I think all the work you're doing speaks to that intention about being present, being really engaged in what's serving you to move forward and You know, I was always taught, it's okay to plan a direction that you want to go, but be cautious to not invest a lot in the results. Mm. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) And, uh, absolutely. The Bhagavad Gita talks about that and and, and all that where it's just like, okay, be, find that alignment you talked about and head in that direction and see what happens. Isn't that, and, um. You have a lot happening. I mean um I was trying to think we go we really go way back to my one of my sons played football with one of that's your grandsons right. in high school. That's right. And that, that's right. Know, that was probably over ten years ago. Yep. It was years ago. And yep. um
1: and then the house. And then the house. And, and then, then the city yoga. It's amazing. <laughs> so I'm like wondering, like, okay, how is the universe conspiring We're here? There's right. a connection. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, it, and that has been like an honor to be, like, you started city yoga with this sense of community and urban environment, which, much like our own um, journey that you've mentioned, is evolving. Continuously. And and I've watched the area around City Yoga in the really the past five years has changed tremendously and um, big construction for infrastructure projects, certain level of gentrification going on, Mm -hmm. uh, honoring some of the historical legacy of the area and what's interesting when we do block parties and community events through our business co-op is the diversity is really strong. Huh. I can I can walk through a, we do a beginning of the summer kind of block party and a, another one at the end of the year. And it's it's just really gratifying to see all these young families, retired folks or empty nesters mixing up with Maybe single young professionals, millennials, all kinds of ethnic and gender diversity, and it's just beautiful to see a community that's very vibrant and very um, integrated comes into mind, but certainly not the right word. I think it's um, an honoring of differences.: Yeah and it seems in a very accepting way when you see a large you know a couple hundred people all walks of life and they're interacting in a very community oriented way and the kids are playing and the grown-ups are talking and the local vendors are selling food and adult beverages and all you know it's just a rich rich community and it seems like the growth and change around here is is only enhancing that and there's always this danger of things getting people getting priced out of the market or it becoming too too one centered around one you know group of people yeah. and i feel like what i've observed is it's it's keeping a nice blend and i you know i thought you picked a good spot <laughs> <laughs> when you when you brought yeah, to here it was yeah
1: some time ago um and you know, I don't know exactly what that thought process was in 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 picking this spot um, uh, It's interesting. I haven't been around the community this community is clear, has grown and has changed, but you know this hasn't been my everyday community now for a while. You know, I'm not down here every day for right. a while. Um, I'd be interested to walk around uh, uh, and be around here a little bit more to see, you know, what all the changes have uh, are, are about, and you know what's happening now. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's really, it's really just, um, it's amazing to watch. We have some local breweries, which um, enhances what's going on with some of the the neighborhood. We've got a. Uh, Tamika Ketchings, a uh, retired right. Hall of Famer, right. has a Tease Me Cafe. Now there cafe. I have been, <laughs> which I love. And she's, yeah. she's been a pillar in the community for helping with our small business co-op. And she's a very, you know, takes a leadership role in yeah. and gathering people. Is really, yeah, she's really, really good. she's a pretty amazing woman. She is. And, yeah. and, and so we have these different leaders popping up that are vested in seeing this community grow. and love And, it. and, and stay and grow in its own diversity and its own richness. And what enriches us individually enriches us all. And the city's doing their part in putting a new bridge and building light rail. Well, it's I guess the red line's going to be a, a green public transport transit. It's, it's electric buses, which the initial plan was a light rail. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so it's a nice we'll have the red line coming through that will connect downtown and Broad Ripple and other parts of the city, and it's high speed electric bus. So it's going to be working on that green side of things. Love it. That's a um, good thing. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Yeah. The uh, projects I saw coming up on on your feed. One was urban outreach program.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's up yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about that name. It has the the word urban has some implications. So we're about to change that name. Okay. Uh it's gonna just be the Y twelve SR outreach program. And um uh that is where through grants and and um donations, we pay yoga teachers to go into communities that really couldn't afford to pay them to bring the benefits of Y12SR. So once you are a Y12SR quote unquote leader, and it's not really a leader, it's a space holder Uh more than than anything else, um, we will support you to go into communities that probably couldn't um, uh, pay you. They're more underserved, under-resourced communities Uh, With treatment centers and things like that. And we will um, pay yoga teachers to go into those communities. And we're very fortunate. We've gotten um, several uh, nice-sized grants. So we have this fund that is just for that, paying yoga teachers to go into these communities and bring the benefits, uh, the healing benefits of this combination, this marrying of of yoga and the 12-step program and so um uh it's been wonderful uh that program has been around now for about uh four years five years for about five years and so it's ongoing and we hope to be able to continue that forever 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's
0: great because a lot of the Whether it's a treatment center or halfway house, transitional living, creating that sustainability is always a challenge, right? That's it.
1: That's it. And, you know, in in order for it to work, it it should be a win-win-win, you know, a win for all the parties involved in any kind of way, which means that, that yoga teachers should get paid. Right. It takes money to drive to places and there's time involved and and there's skill involved and all the work it takes to become, you know, a a, a, a great yoga teacher. And so uh, uh, we want to support them. Yes. In
0: that. And that's such good work on the um, some of the other things you have going on.
1: I got a lot of things going <laughs> on up in here. You <laughs> really do. Um, Race in America. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, my goodness. Um, so this is work that really uh uh the 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 let's see, what do I want to call it? It was the first, so the the Maiden Voyage, let's put it okay. right. That's the word I was thinking about for Race in America happened last year. And it's uh it's a project with Sean Korn and and myself, and you know what we did was we wanted to do an immersive look at race in America, and in order to do that, the idea was to take a group of yogis to a historically relevant spot relative to race in America, and just do um, um, some deep work. And we did that. We took 20, I think it was 25 yogis last year. And in in this one, it turned out to be all women, right? And in this one, it pretty much turned out to be all white women and yogis. And uh, we went to Birmingham, Montgomery, and Selma, Alabama, Alabama. And we just did some really deep work. We did work um, through periods, through the period of slavery, through the period of Jim Crow, through the period of civil rights, through the period we're in now relative to mass incar- in, incarceration. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, to see how, as Brian Stevenson from EJI puts it, right? Slavery really never ended. It only evolved. And so we took this group and did just a ton of really deep work. It involved um, um, a slave ship reenactment. It involved uh, going to the Peace and Justice Memorial. It involved, uh, we had a a gentleman come in who was groomed in the neo-Nazi movement. And talk about how that grooming occurs, and um, you know. Then we did some work, uh, really, particularly with each other, on how to go back. What we were going to do with all this? How how this had had this new this uh, this lens it changed our perception and perspective, and what that meant as we went forward in life from there on. And so it was um uh very impactful incredibly impactful and so we've decided to do it again yeah. right yeah we we've got we learned some things from mm-hmm. the last time uh we know that it it won't be uh it will be a much more inclusive group it won't be just 25 white women and we'll have deep conversations about healing than yeah, just yeah. what we've been speaking about Healing and transformation at a personal level, at a systemic level, at all the, at an institutional level, you know, all of those levels in, in order to bring, uh, a different perspective into the world. So we're doing it again in October and I can't wait. This, this one is going to be a little more, the, um, last year it was seven days. This year is going to be five days instead of, of seven. And we are, we're going to Selma and Montgomery, uh, this year. We'll revisit the, um, the work we did in Selma. We will walk across the Pettus Bridge. Mm-hmm. We will, uh, go back to, to, um, EJI, the Equal Justice Initiative and the Peace and Justice Memorial there. And so much more. And um, this work is really close to my heart right now. Really, really, really close to my heart. You know, in in the addiction work, uh, some of the things that will often, one of the teachings we often do in that work is that you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge. And it's the same at many levels. We assert that, that racism, sexism, all those isms are, are deep samskaras. They're cultural, systemic samskaras. You know, just as we were talking about scars at a personal level, these are deep, systemic and cultural scars. And another one of the things that gets the bullshit that gets put on top of us, like we were speaking about a, a little right. bit earlier, yeah. right? So it's it's excavating and looking at all of those things as well, right? So we can create new habits and patterns and all the things we were talking about a little yeah. bit earlier in this direction, even at the level of humanity.
0: Yeah. Well, and to to get to that healing, and we talked about this a lot, the off the mat in the world, training was that multi-generational trauma
1: absolutely absolutely you know i can tell you about some experiences from that just you know looking at uh the women who were there and some of the things that they found out and particularly as white women and how you could see trauma being held in those bodies mm-hmm. right uh there that kind of trauma sometimes relates in a numbness in a uh, uh it, just many ways that it, it exposes itself and because that was passed down too we went to an area see i'm going off on a tangent yeah, now. i hope that, this is okay that's okay <laughs> it's totally okay <laughs> We went to an area where it was clear that that lynchings had occurred, where there was a slave block where slaves were auctioned and 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 things like that. And we saw pictures of how that was a a celebratory occasion. The lynchings were celebratory. And we was kind of thinking at that point in time, you, the whole town would come and you bring picnic baskets and all of that kind of stuff, right? To watch someone be lynched, which means you had to totally dehumanize. Yeah. You know, you had to totally dehumanize. So we saw this picture, like, of a young girl who was maybe in this picture, maybe somewhere between eight and 10 years old. And watching a black man being lynched and the horror and trauma in her face was just unreal. You, you knew what was going on by the horror and trauma in the face. Well, this is something that's been unrecognized. It's been unacknowledged. All of this stuff not acknowledged in our country. So it that passes down, to. Right, That passes through generations as well, right? You know, and then there was my personal reaction to this, right? I could feel the trauma coming up in my body once again as I was dealing through this. I just wanted to run. But (laughs) you think about that. If you were involved where the lynchings, you know, you knew people that looked like you were being lynched. You'd want to run too, right? So my body said run. Right. Yeah. And the the uh, white bodies, were taking it in a different way. We hold trauma differently in yeah. different bodies. It was a fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. It was a fascinating immersion.
0: Well, I think that's you know, the kind of transformative work. We started this podcast to explore that for healing to happen, there needs to be transformation. That's at right. Depth.
1: That's right. And that's right. That's and you have to go through, it. we're right back to the beginning of the conversation. It's the netty netty. And I love that. Not this, not this, not this. All this crap that's been put on top of us so that I I can be in who I, the wholeness that I really am. Right. And, you know, but I got to strip away all this crap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and we all do. Yes. If, yep. That's pretty broad, but. Some of us are not ready. Yeah. (laughs) But those of us that are will lead, be the leading voices moving forward of this is healing.
1: And I get why some are not ready. This is tough. It ain't easy, right? Right. It really is not easy work. And one of the things that's required, just like in healing any addiction, is a radical, radical honesty. And, and, you know, sometimes that, that just isn't, we, Put these things on for protection, right? Yes. Or injury or something like that, and they're hard to take off. Right. And yeah. So I, you know, honor and and understand, right, when someone was who's not ready. Right, right. yeah,
0: yeah. Can't force it. Can't force it. Well, I think that's the beauty of yoga, is it yeah. brings us in touch with what has created separation right. and It allows us that opportunity to say, "Okay, I'm a white male. I've got white privilege. I need to acknowledge that and own it and and say, where can I go with this? Right. And and that's superficial. And then start going deeper and deeper and deeper layers. And then
1: heal your trauma relative to all this stuff, too, because it's there. It's got to be given the history of this country and the systemic things that have been put in place, it's gotta be there.
0: Well, I there there's no doubt it's there. Yeah. And and I uh, you know, I look at my mother who's she's ninety two. She's I a, love it. Um this I visitor over in Ohio last week and she she's approaching the end of the road of her life and I know your mom was a hundred. Right,
1: she was over a hundred.
0: Think of the the trauma they held, but think of the lives they had. It was just, it's incredible to, to, um, just reflect on that. And, uh, where was I going with that? Um, oh, I know my mom talked about a distant relative that was in the revolutionary war. Okay. That's, that's a traumatic (sighs) break from Europe. Uh, another relative died in a civil war. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for the North, and says so white guilt, to say. <laughs> but but that's trauma, right? And that's that's like she that's right. she grew up on a little farm in all white community in Illinois. That's right. So there's, you know, my dad grew up in Kentucky, and he uh, came and was a school teacher and a guidance counselor, and so there's these family histories that intermingle. That's right. There's shared trauma that's. That's blended with living through the depression and and the, the upheaval of the '60s and '70s, that's right. and and the age of technology, where it turned a lot of things upside down. Yeah, but it uh, afforded us this ability to communicate in a massive way that's never happened in the yep. history of man. Yeah, and at a time when we needed healing, so that's. Part of the impetus of the podcast was we want to communicate with the tools we have at hand to go back and look at some of these very difficult things to to unearth
1: yes and acknowledge for the purpose of healing just like just like we talked about I'm kind of like you did some family history work but actually I was doing this work in in a way to look at at of course addiction which is my primary work of course. And looking at where it ran through the, the my family history uh-huh. and things like that. And I went back to a point on, on my father's side where um, his—so my grandfather, my grandfather's mother, so my great-grandmother— which is significant because I'm a great-grandmother today, right? So my great-grandmother was actually the child of a master-slave relationship, which is rape. That's rape, right? So you got the trauma of rape running all the way through this this family system. So, you know, and no acknowledgement, no healing around it. So yeah, you want to drink it. That stuff hurts. <laughs> right. You know, you want to do something to get away. I tell people in the addiction, in the addiction work, you know, if I have a bellyache, right? I'm going to go out to maybe a health food store or maybe a pharma CVS to try and find something to relieve it because it hurts, right? It hurts, right? And so. And that's one thing at a physical level. Right. But what if it's an injury that comes from a a psychological level? What if it's an injury that comes from that hurts, too? It really hurts. So I want to find something to relieve it. And I think that that particularly in the domain of addiction, we have relief and resolve very confused, right? right? You can't resolve it until you acknowledge it. You can't resolve it until you go deep and find you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge, right? And then you got to do the work once it's acknowledged in order for the heal, just like on the mat, right? I got to do... I got to do the work on the man, (laughs) and and it's deep work. And it,
0: and it seems like we're our consciousness is raising in America that we can we can have these conversations. I heard a woman speak. I can't think of her name. Similar story to your grandmother, and her it was her grandmother, and she had learned this through tracing family history mm-hmm. and DNA or, mm-hmm. or doing. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Which and, is a
1: fabulous so invention.
0: She said, okay, so I've got DNA of a victim and a perpetrator running through my blood. Wow. Uh, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. And it reminded me of how, how we are all connected. We're all human beings. We are all have shared trauma, shared healing, shared opportunities to just bring it all together. Yeah saying that no not not everybody's there I, yeah I would be foolish to think that and I live in sort of the yoga bubble where there <laughs> are a lot of a majority of people are ready to to dig a little deeper because I think the more we practice yoga and and find these other mindfulness practices if you will that bring us into the, a deeper relationship with the present moment yep we can't
1: help but do this work that is my hope and prayer i i hope and pray that the yoga community can be the the impetus it can be the community that you know is really willing to do the hard work and so that we can transcend this you know i i've always i think i Usually, usually say, I wish these were my words, but I think they belong to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yoga teaches us that we're in this world, we're in this plane of existence where racism and sexism and all, we're in the matrix. I always call it the yeah. matrix, right? We're in it, right? But we don't have to be of it. That yoga teaches us that these teachings are about how we transcend that, right? We're in it. But we don't have to be of it, and I think those are the teachings of, uh, you know, that we're deep in 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 the yogic work.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you can't argue with those spiritual truths. <laughs> yeah. The, um, well, that was we could clearly go on for yes, hours we could. here. I, I mean, I, oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so let's let's shift a little to start wrapping things up. Yes. And. I know you're doing codependency training. Yes, so so yeah. what? Uh, looking into the summer and beyond, what do you have going on as far as um, new programs? Yeah. Um, long-term programs and and where where it's happening in your world now?
1: There, of course, is the continuation of of the work with um, the leadership training and the combined training that we do to support others to go back into their own home communities and bring the benefits of this combination of yoga and 12-step recovery. So that's ongoing. I mean, that's ongoing. Really gratefully, not too terribly long ago, I came back from Kenya where we trained 65 Kenyans in this work. So this work is just now becoming really widespread, and I'm so grateful for that. Um and then we do uh training in uh we call breaking barriers transforming the samskara there's that word again <laughs> of codependency right and the way that we look at codependency in 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 this domain is we call codependency the disease of the lost self so the idea is anytime i look outside of myself for something that can only come from the inside I'm in a codependent relationship with whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So there have been times in my life I always say I've been in codependent relationship with Nordstrom's, (laughs) right? Because I'm looking outside outside of myself, right, to satisfy something that can only come from the inside. And so we love doing that work because I assert that sooner or later, with any addiction and with real any attachment and any of any of those things, you got to get to that work—the disease of the lost self work, right? Reclaiming our lost self, and so I love doing that work. I'm doing it in a at a deep level with Dr. Melody Moore. Okay. Right, and she and I have put together. Uh, 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 we, we always talk about this is. It's five days, but it's like six months of, of like real deep therapeutic work. Okay, And uh, uh, we're doing that at Omega in July, right? And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, so that work is coming. It's just, I love collaboration and collaborating with her is a dream and collaborating with Sean is a dream. Yeah. And then in November, there's another collaboration that I'm really excited about. It's called uh, Revolution Through Love, and it's a a program really that's under off the mat, and is work that that with Holly Curry, and Chelsea Jackson, and myself, and it's in Atlanta, and again it's where where we're gonna take a deep look at some things. Um, um, in this whole domain of social justice, big ideas uh, around social justice and how the, the yoga community or yogis, I don't even know what the yoga community is really, <laughs> but yogis really can be a part of, of, of this at an authentic and at a, uh, you know, at a, a really real and deep level. So I'm really looking forward to that work as well. And then there's always the work with Rolf Gates. Yes. Right. Yeah. Who I know is is uh, a, a big staple here at City Yoga. And I'm so grateful for that. So, so grateful for that. So doing lots of work with Rolf Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do the Yoga Meditation and Addiction Recovery Conference that comes up a couple of times a year. Once at Esalen and once at Kripalu Okay. And then he and I together are also doing something called Communities Rising, Ooh. where we're doing uh, uh, a yoga teacher training that really is focused in, in social justice and, and work. And we're really looking to empower and invite people of color into this training in particular to support them in doing uh not only our own healing but in bringing that kind of healing back out into communities that you know wherever they are and so really looking forward to can't wait it's been great <laughs> continuing the collaboration and the depth of relationship with Roth.
0: he is an amazing human being he is an amazing he human had mentioned being. that communities rising and seemed very very excited i think in the Northeast somewhere? Is that yeah, happening? we're going to okay. do it in Connecticut, Connecticut at a, okay.
1: a, a center called Fresh Yoga in, in New Haven.
0: Nice. And yeah. that's this Yeah, it this starts summer, in October. Or fall. Yeah. Okay. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. It starts in the fall. So kind of a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> there is.
0: There is. Well, I'm glad we could get you in here with your busy I schedule. I come here
1: anytime, any day. This is home. Yeah, yeah, and I always tell people about community yoga. I'm so grateful for you, and the way you know when when it came time, you know, you I knew it was time in my life that uh, uh, I needed to take this whole uh, work in Y Twelve sr deeper and and more, and in order to do that, in order to support that, I had to let go of some things. Yeah. And city yoga was one and I prayed and prayed and prayed and then again you came along, right? Then as someone who would support its growth and someone who would steward it in such a way that it would be the gift that it truly has become for, for the community. So I'm deeply grateful.
0: Well, thank you. And yeah. and thank you for you lit the
1: torch here. <laughs> and
0: I just have been happy to carry it forward as the community grows and yeah. evolves and transforms. And and I think we're just at the beginnings.
1: Yep. <laughs> I agree. But, uh, I agree. Yeah. So anytime I can come back here, I mean, it's just like, you know, you know what there's no place like home right? <laughs> very
0: very very nice that's a nice way to kind of wrap it up and uh, and it's great to have you back home here thank and, you and, um and thank you for taking time out today
1: you're absolutely welcome thank you dave thank you for listening to the yoga voice brought to you by city yoga school of yoga and health where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise.